Hey, good people in podcast land. Welcome to Convene, a conversation series dedicated to connecting the creative community in Toronto. I'm your host, Chris Penrose, and this 16-part series is about the music ecosystem between Montreal and Toronto. This edition of Convene is supported by Factor Canada. On this episode, I speak with Ricochet, who has been a pillar in Toronto's music industry for decades as a DJ and a radio host. As a member of the Ill Kids sound crew, he was a fixture in clubs across Ontario and Montreal, as well as on the airwaves of CHRY. You can now hear Ricochet as an on-air personality at Flow 93.5 FM, where he also hosts the Made in Toronto Takeover, bringing 100% Toronto talent to commercial airwaves. Um, to, to open up this conversation, though, I want, really wanted to start with you describing your role in the music industry in this city. Um, you know, that's an interesting story because it started as just a kid that wanted to DJ for fun, you know, just something as a hobby. And I think in a, in a previous interview, I, I, I kind of gave the example that that was sort of the seed that the tree grew from. Right. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, I'm going to be a DJ. Now the tree starts to grow. All these branches start popping out and it's like opportunities start uh, presenting themselves, whether it be uh, booking shows, whether it be managing a nightclub, whether it be uh, community radio, commercial radio, tour DJ, um, nightclub DJ, MC, all these things, club owner, all these things started coming up and presenting the opportunities. And I just, I felt like I was open to it um, and I didn't turn anything away. So I think my place uh, in this city, I, I feel like I'm just a curator of the culture or, or a conduit for the culture. You know, uh, I'm here to connect the dots. I'm here to spot, uh, to shine a spotlight on the things that are happening and the people that deserve that spotlight. Um, I'm just kind of trying to make as much noise about what we got going on in the city as possible, whether it be in the nightclubs, whether it be in the radio, uh, whether it be with interviews and, and media on social media. It's just my main goal is to yell it from the rooftops about what we got going on here. Like, and that's kind of what I initially started doing when I was 16, 17 years old with mixtapes and whatnot. Um, and that's just kind of always been, you know, I'm just very passionate about what we got going on in the city. And I find even though we're getting our shine now, I still feel like we're being overlooked. So until we get our fair share and our, and our, and our dues, I'm going to keep just screaming it from the top of my lungs so basically yeah man i'm just here to connect the dots and um be a conduit for the culture and what's the description you would give of what your current iteration the current manifestation of that journey because i I mean right now i am right now i'm a radio jock right like that's what i'm doing i'm a radio that's what i'm spending most of my time on with the made in toronto takeover and on flow trying to make an impact there on the station you know when we look at the you know when we look at commercial radio here in Canada and we look at urban music or black music, there's only one option, you know, it's only flow. So right now my focus is on radio, hopefully to grow that so that, you know, flow does so well that other uh, markets start to see that and possibly we can start getting back some of those hip hop stations in those cities. You know, I know uh, Edmonton or Calgary had a station, Vancouver had a station. Um, So, you know, I would love, for them to circle back and start giving hip hop their fair share of listeners, you know, via radio. So right now uh, I'm focused on, on the radio side of things. 
And it's just nuts that that is the situation when you put it, like when you look at the impact and imprint of black music from Canada on the global sound, whether it's like influence or artists, it's producers, it's other aspects of the culture from video and choreography to looking at the film impact, looking at um, the streaming side, and to think that there's only one outlet on the commercial side for black music in the country. It's baffling. In, in the whole country. That's crazy, right? Just to think yeah. about that in the country. And we're so involved and intertwined in things that go on in the U.S., like you said, from all levels. From Matt, look, at one of the biggest management companies, Sal and Co., you know, a uh, group of friends out of Ottawa. And look, look at what, you know, look what Sal and XO, look what's happening there. Like, we're so... Mm ingrained in popular music and it still feels like when you look back at where a lot of those guys started we're still getting overlooked by our own country by the media companies by just like everybody still not believing in what we're doing here you know i always hear the story that well there's not a market for that here hmm. and i'm like well it's, it's pop music now so are you telling me there's not a market for pop music yeah, the the numbers don't tell that story. Right, the numbers the tell numbers a completely tell a different story. Yeah, the awards tell a different story. Everything. The production credits tell a different story. Um, so uh, yeah, it's it's pretty wild. But another interesting conversation just around radio itself, because I've been seeing that come up a lot more, and I think that with the rise of streaming. I think uh, there was a lot of people looking at like, oh, you know, radio's on its way out and radio's dying. But then I've seen this conversation really resurfacing again of late of just how important and impactful radio continues to be um, and, and being something that helps people sift through the amount of stuff that's just uploaded and available on the streaming services. How was right. your vantage point on, on radio and the relevance and importance of it today? I mean, you know, um, the conversation about radio dying, I think, is a false narrative. I think, you know, the, the better thing to say is how will radio evolve? You know, I think that is what we're looking at is we're, we're going to see the evolution of radio. And I say this all the time, and I said this in a previous interview, as long as something is free, people will take advantage of it. So, you know, what I mean, radio is free. Um, you're able to turn it on in your car. You're, you know, businesses are able just to turn on the dial and people are able to consume the music. And it's curated for them, as is some streaming, right? Um, so I don't see radio going anywhere. I think radio is, is important in the local take. So if you want to kind of get in touch with what's happening in your city, you tune into the radio station in your city. Like if I go to Miami or Vegas or L.A., the first thing I'm doing, I'm not putting on Spotify. I, if I'm in LA, I'm going to Real 92 or I'm on, on Power. Like I'm checking in on, on what's the vibe in the city. And you can't mm -hmm. get that. You can't get that feeling from XM Radio or Sirius, sorry. And, and you can't get that from streaming, right? You kind of miss that, that personal touch that I think radio offers. And I think still a lot of people want that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'm a passionate person when it comes to radio, but I just see that conversation popping up all the time and people embracing how important it is. I still think it's a part of people's strategies and and it's a major factor. So, But I, I like what, how you frame it and that's that gets the mind excited when you start thinking about the evolution of radio. Um, right. When you look at something like MTV or sorry, Much Music um, coming back 
on TikTok. On TikTok, yeah. Like that, you know, what looking at an example like that and you know, you start to think about radio and say, you know, what's the evolution of radio? Um and I, with that example in mind, the, there's there's going to be some incredible possibilities coming. Right. Well, now you see it with HD radio, right? Like you can go to a, a station and then there's three different versions of programming on that dial, mm -hmm. um, which I think was, a, you know, uh, you know, a step that happened a little while ago. But how far can we take that? Right. Yeah. Can you be listening to music and then on that same station taking a podcast about what's happening? About Like how integrated can that be? Like, who knows? Yeah. You know, there was, as the technology grows, I think the, the, the platform is going to grow as well. Yeah, and I think we, we saw that with the excitement around Clubhouse going up and, you know, it's kind of like flattened out in terms of the excitement. But what it what it tells us is whether it's the podcast space, it's the curation that you talk about in radio, or it's just the voice element. Mm -hmm. There is something of voice only mm -hmm. that there's a time and place for it. You know, it's right. not the end-all be-all, but like um, it's also an important part of the equation. So how, how it evolves is going to be exciting to see. Right. Um, in terms of the relationship between Montreal and Toronto, I just wonder what your perspective is like from the music industry standpoint, what, how would you describe that relationship? Fragmented is the first word that comes to mind. I mean, if I can think back, um, I mean, as DJs, I was going to, uh, Montreal a lot in the, um, late 90s right up until the mid 2000s um mm -hmm. you know it was regular stomping grounds because that's the next major city next to toronto and you would think with that being the case there would be a lot more linking up going on there were a lot there'd be a lot more collaboration now there is collaborating happening but i just expected it to be that much more uh in depth right but for whatever reason um even when i look at the artists and i'm just speaking on a, on a, on a hip-hop level here in the city uh, I still see a disconnect. I still see as, you know, Montreal as being this foreign place and it may have a lot to do with the language, right? Like it's just this generation, I don't know, are they traveling to Montreal as much? Are they going there or has this, has the, you know, the idea shifted and now it's like, well, we need to get to Dubai. We need to get to LA. And is that where our artists are spending time and are looking to collaborate versus right next door? So I think there's still a little disconnect happening between artists here in Montreal and artists in Toronto. Now there's obviously uh, some people breaking those barriers down, like dirt work comes to mind as a guy that is at the forefront of trying to connect the two cities and even beyond, you know what I mean? Connecting Montreal with, with the U S um, and I'm sure there's some other cats out there doing that as well, but I just still feel like, you know, um, for whatever reason, you know, if you want to break out of, Canada, Toronto seems to be the destination on where you need to get that done. Now, I've had a lot of artists um, come through the Made in Toronto Takeover that are from Montreal that have relocated to Toronto to further their career. And I tend to ask why. Why not kind of make it happen out of Montreal? And the answer I usually get is just there's more happening here and there's more infrastructure here to support urban or quote-unquote black music where it doesn't seem that, I mean, this is just the understanding from the conversations I've been having that mm -hmm. that is not the case in Montreal. So whether it's a, whether if it's a lack of support there in Montreal or the lack of, you know, willingness to travel back and forth or the language, I think those are some of the reasons that there might be a disconnect happening between Montreal and Toronto. Yeah. I think we definitely have heard that 
um, sentiment of infrastructure, right? Like the music industry capital of Canada it, when it comes to infrastructure, whether it's labels, whether it's media companies, whether it's management companies, touring, booking agencies, all that is in Toronto. Right. Um, so, so then you add that layer for black music, specifically Toronto, again, it's, it is the capital of, of the country when it comes to infrastructure. Right. Um, one of the things we also heard though, is just that there, there is a, there are dynamics in Montreal that are, you know, when it comes to whether it's connections to Europe, whether it's connections to, um, Africa and other parts of the world, whether it's just the cost of living and that allowing for a lot more risk taking, whether it's the, um, you know, some of the festivals, like, you know, you look mm -hmm. at um, Mutek and Pop Montreal and, and, and there's a host of others that are really like, oh, I think Oshega is there as well. There's mm -hmm. a lot more advancement when it comes to that, the uh, digital radio scene, the, right. the innovation and venues. So there's a lot that Montreal is also um, leading in. But when it does come to the business side and just infrastructure, uh, you know, Toronto definitely um, is is further along, right? Well, well, I think we were speaking a little bit earlier um, before we, we we got into this conversation was the fact that um, you know if 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 the U.S. is not working out, Montreal is going to be the place you need to you know jump your career off. If like you said, you're trying to get into into France, I mean. Just the fact that, you know, I'm not sure how much of the world's population is speaking French, but that's a whole market, right? And, and Montreal is the place in Canada where you want to be if that's the, you know, if you're doing French-speaking hip-hop, then that's the, why would you want to be in Toronto? That just makes no sense to me, right? You would want to be in Montreal because just for the fact that you said you can get into all those nations from Montreal where that can't be maybe uh, as easily accomplished here in Toronto. What do you think becomes possible when you see the next major city from Montreal, which being Toronto, or the next major city from Toronto being Montreal, Montreal. those two cities become more connected. What what um, is possible? I don't know. You know, I hate to say this, just to sound negative. I don't know if anything more becomes possible. You know, other than the fact that we can collaborate more, we're getting a, a bigger pool of talent. Um, we're drawing from more creatives, and maybe um, on the business side, maybe. We're getting more uh, infrastructure as far as management, representation, because let's, let's, let's not forget, um, in the early 80s, 70s, Montreal was the metropolis of, of Canada. Mm -hmm. It was the destination. You go to any um, older hotel in the world and you see the clocks on the wall. It's Tokyo, London, Paris, Montreal, not mm -hmm. Toronto, right? And, right, right. And, and, and there was a shift somewhere along there that shifted the focus to Toronto. Um, but I think slowly, you know, obviously there was a bill that was passed in, in Montreal some time ago that kind of had a lot of people upset. Um, I'm not sure what the bill was, but it was obviously a language bill. And, you know, I know a lot of people relocated to Toronto because of that. But if we can get beyond that, I mean, it never hurts to collaborate with your neighbors, right? Like it's, it's, it's just, you know, you see that a lot uh, around the cities around New York, New York and Philly, New York and, and even Chicago at times, um, collaborating. And you're just going to get, I think, anytime two, two different, I'm going to say people in this instance, two different artists from two different landscapes coming together, I think you're going to get more interesting, a more interesting product, a more interesting sound. 
So I think, you know, if we see Montreal and Toronto connect a little bit, maybe we get a different perspective. Maybe we get a new sound. Maybe we get a new look on hip hop, something we haven't heard before or haven't really experienced. And I think maybe those possibilities are definitely there. Absolutely. I, th I think that's really well said because um, wh whether it is on the sound level or, um, you know, what becomes possible business wise, I think that when you bring those two together, it definitely does expand and it does offer possibilities that we haven't seen yet right. um, from from a practical standpoint from your perspective where would that work begin of addressing the fragmentation and really bringing things together in, wow. a, in a more cohesive way that's an interesting question i think it might take some of the big dogs to kind of like make something happen dare i say the drakes the tory lanes the weekends but anytime anybody like that is doing something, everybody else is going to pay attention and, and notice that they need to get on it. Now, it might not even be on a level like that. It might be on a business level. But I think, um, leading by example, I think if we see um, uh, some sort of collaboration happen and it becomes successful, we're going to see more of that. We're going to see a lot more people saying, yo, maybe I need to be going to Montreal a little bit more and, mm -hmm. um, you know, servicing my fan base out there. A little bit more i think also like you know over the last four or five years we've seen a lot of blog pages here in toronto when it comes to instagram and social media and you know whether <laughs> whether you like it or not it plays a part in promoting the music scene here in toronto for better or for worse because sometimes it's a negative impact sometimes you know it's a positive impact regardless um, it's an impact it's an and impact a, and a big one yeah and and a very big one right because <laughs> i think a lot of musicians are becoming popular or, or gaining fans are being discovered via these platforms, whether it be keep six solid, whether it be six buzz, whether it be, you know, six wars, whatever it is. Um, these are platforms for artists to, to become more, you know, just to gain their fans from, right? Because that's where, let's be honest, where is this generation going to tap in? They're going to social mm -hmm. media and I haven't seen, and I could, maybe I'm just not aware of it. I haven't seen that same vibe coming out of Montreal. Yeah, there, uh -huh. there are, are um, definitely a couple of dope pages, uh, MTL Latest, uh, uh, Kiltier, there's a few that are really dope mm -hmm. um, that are that are curating a Montreality, um, that are putting out, you know, who's from here, uh, showing clips, showing artists. But I think that that's a good point around the, you know, cross-pollinization between the blogs and the um, social media accounts from both cities and, and sharing content and they kind of connecting more or profiling artists from each of those cities. But I think right. you definitely do have to see that. And I love the perspective you um, added about just saying, you know, which we haven't heard much in these conversations is, is yeah, the, you know, the, the big dogs um, playing a role in that because what we have seen is there's so much happening at a grassroots level, like digital radio antennas is huge in Montreal and mm -hmm. ISO radio is really big here. They've done collaboration, you know, on mm -hmm. the party side, new currency in Toronto and moonshine in Montreal. And like, there's, there is at the grassroots level, a lot of, um, collaboration happening, but we haven't necessarily seen that on like the, the big, big scale. And, right. and that, that may be the thing that is the tipping point. So I appreciate that you brought that. And, you know, let's not forget the, um, the, you know, the club scene and the venues like um, Apartment 200, for instance, right? Apartment mm -hmm. 200, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, um, kind of popped up in Montreal. They opened up here in Toronto. Now I believe there's one in L.A. 
that is, you know, if we start seeing a lot more of that, that can maybe help connect the dots a little bit as well. So, um, well, that, that's what's been exciting about these this conversation series too is that, like, from a very Toronto centric perspective, you know, I think a lot of us are missing out on some of the innovation that's been coming out of Montreal and and some of the global impact. And I think Apartment Two Hundred is a good example of that yeah. as well. You know, we could take a page out of there. Like nightlife in Montreal is a completely different story. You know what I mean? Like the vibe that you get in Montreal, it sometimes you can't get that vibe here. Like they they go big and they go hard. Um, so I mean, even the venues that are available there. Now I know there's some there's some hurdles when it comes to hip hop in those venues. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we can tear those down, I mean, Montreal would be the first place if I was an artist and as a DJ. When we looked at expanding, you know, we had a sound crew called Ill Kids. When we looked at Ill Kids and we were like, okay, we were like, we need to expand beyond Toronto, Hamilton, Waterloo, Kitchener, Windsor, um, you know, the cities that you would think about in Southern Ontario. We were like, the, the most, the place that makes the most sense is taking that four and a half, five hour drive to Montreal and basically setting shop in Montreal. And it came to the point, like one of our members was, we brought in somebody from Montreal. Shouts to my guy, Beware. Like he was out in Montreal. We bucked him. And we're like, yo, you're so dope. You need to come rock with us here in Toronto. And mm-hmm. he ended up rocking with us for almost 10 years. You know what I mean? We won, we won awards together. And I think that that whole idea can, can go back into the music scene. I just think that the more traveling that we do and exploring Montreal and not forgetting about it, I think, and not just as a party destination, as a place to do business, um, mm-hmm. we're going to see a lot more happening. And that also goes in with, with transportation infrastructure as, we start to see bullet trains or whatever might be the case happen. And all of a sudden Montreal becomes a one hour journey, um, not on a plane, by the way, but a one hour journey via some high speed train. I think that's going to open up a lot of doors as well. Yeah. Cause I mean, you drive at the most times a day from Brampton to downtown and you're driving an hour. So right. what's an hour um, to get to Montreal? Right. I, I agree. I think. And, and, I, let's, and that's not, a- let's not forget that Montreal is a port city, right? Um, a lot of commerce happens there. Yeah. So, you know, that's another advantage that, that Montreal may have over Toronto. Yeah. And I think the ties into the fashion industry, we've right. seen the, right. a the lot connect of the, between um, music and fashion is, is essential like, now as a business model. Hell yeah. Like, I mean, coming up, all the distributors were out in, based in Montreal, all their head offices were in Montreal, right? That's, that, that's still the case, you know, to this day. So, um, for someone from Montreal that wants to get to know, a little bit more about what's going on in Toronto. Where would you direct them? I, you, you've dropped some names, but like whether it's platforms, social media, artists, people, venues, like for, if you want to get aware of what's going on in Toronto right now, what would um, your kind of beginning um, tips be? I mean, like circling back to the blog pages, you know, you go there, you're going to get one side of uh, what's happening here in Toronto. Like if you were from Montreal and you said, okay, I want to see what's going on in Toronto and you hopped on some of the blog pages, you would think Brampton is a slum, right? <laughs> you would think Brampton is like the, the, the biggest slum in Canada. Like it's the most horrible place to live. Meanwhile, um, multi-million dollar houses, you know, like it, life is pretty good out in Brampton, I'm assuming. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, so, it, people like to also, uh, you know, make fun of Brampton. And I think, and, and well. unfortunately, I think that's due to some cultural um, assumptions, right? Like we, you know, and I don't want to go down that lane too much, but I think people, yeah. uh, 
associate Brampton with South Asian community. And there are obviously some rhetoric that goes along with that, that, you know, is not the greatest. There's assumptions and stereotypes that people play into that have a part in, in that. Whole but, thing. But, but I'm glad you addressed that because if we are going to talk about the blogs, you know, there, there, there's some problematic elements with it. And one of those things is, is like, yeah, you're going to get one sided perspective on music, but you're also going to get some other things that you got to filter out. Right. Right. Which is some so of that was leading to my point that you might not want to go to the blog to get the whole picture. Like you're going to, you're going to go to the blogs and you'll get a small, um, portion of the whole story. You know, it, the blogs will tell a chapter of, of Toronto's story, but that's all you're going to get. And if you read a book and you just read chapter five and then you didn't go through the rest of them, you're not going to get the whole story. So I think, you know, with, like I said, with Montreal being so close to Toronto, if you really want to know what's happening here, you, you just got to visit, you know, you gotta, you know, you gotta set some roots down here, whether it be a weekend at an Airbnb and, and you check out the nightlife, you check out some live shows when things get back to normal, obviously you take a walk around different neighborhoods, whether it be Kensington, whether it be Queen West, uh, whether it be Liberty village, whether it be, you know, the Lakeshore, whatever it is, you can get a feel for a city. And once you get a feel for a city, you can understand the vibe a little bit better, you know? And I think that's important. I think it's important for people to put, feet on the ground even in this age of technology where you don't need to leave your bedroom to explore things i think it's still important um for you to be there you know and i think we see that a lot with artists from toronto migrating to la to be there you know mm -hmm. once you're there in the mix things happen opportunities happen people tend to you know network and make things happen and that's that's something that you can't get via the net all the time Absolutely. I, there's there's nothing like touching down in a place yeah. to to feel it. Um, any any other quick perspectives before uh, next question on you know anything else that could complement that perspective? Like I know, of course, we should say made in Toronto. Right. So that um, was my next thing. If you wanted to know what's going on with the music scene here, yeah, you know, you're in Montreal. You hop on flow935.com any night of the week at eleven you're going to hear a good mix of what's happening. You know, I, I think at times we see some of the blogs focus on the street music, you know, coming out of the city. Um, I try to, to, you know, not be one dimensional with the programming on the Made in Toronto Takeover. Like you might hear Doobie and then you might hear Dylan Ponders and then you might hear Havaya Mighty. You might hear Goldie London. So you're getting yeah. a big picture of what the hip hop scene here is by tapping into that show. And there's other shows that do that as well. You know, Shouts to Vibe, 105, um, you know, and, and I think understanding the music that comes out of the city, not just from what you see on the Internet, kind of really diving deep into it will give you an idea of what the bigger picture is here. Yeah, and I think those are some good um, perspectives. Yeah, Vibe 105 and, and Made in Toronto on Flow. And especially because I'm really grateful that the Made in Toronto space exists on commercial radio because what it really does is is it filters down what you would have to, you know, in earlier eras spend hours and hours and hours, you know, switching between different community radio stations at the right time to try to find those artists and, and hear what's going on and, and really concentrated and condensed, curated mm -hmm. into into that time that you have on, on air and on Most such a definitely. big platform. So. And it does take me hours and hours and hours to go through submissions and to curate that show. But, um, you know, it's all for love and the product comes out really dope. So it's all worth it. Though, though it's called Made in Toronto, do you take submissions from other cities, Montreal? No, no. unfortunately, um, this was about showing love 
to our city. You know, I use the analogy of of Nelly and the St. Lunatics a lot of times. I'm like, you know, Nelly had to get on first. Nelly, you had to be aware of everything Nelly was doing before he brought on, you know, the St. Lunatics, right? Um, And then they all ate. And I think with Canada, I think Toronto is still at a point where we're still trying to get our voice heard. We're still trying to prove to the rest of the world that we're a legitimate place for creatives and for music that, you know, Toronto needed a spotlight on Toronto. And that's why we went with the whole made in Toronto thing. Like I, I, I don't even play artists from like Guelph or Kitchener. You know what I mean? And there might've been like one or two times if I might've played a Hamilton artist. And every time I did play a Montreal artist, um, they had kind of set up shop here in Toronto. And became yeah. part of the Toronto music scene. Like shouts to my guy Patrick, X Ten, them them dudes. Um it was just like, okay, you're kind of part of the scene here, so it's only right. But yeah, it's kind of dedicated on on shining a light on what we got going here. And when we get to a level where we're able to extend a hand and, you know, um put a spotlight on the rest of the country, then that'll happen. But right now I think my main focus is to make sure that artists from Toronto are being heard and seen and getting the um attention they deserve yeah and it goes back to that first sentiment that you shared which is like just the the whole purpose in you know as you've described it in your career which is like shouting out as loud as possible that this city has something special to pay attention to so i I appreciate that point um what is the biggest shift that you could see happening in the relationship between montreal and toronto that would benefit you specifically in what you do Wow. Um, maybe the, ele- the um, evolution of radio, like we talked about, maybe there is something that happens where, you know, my show can be picked up, you know, on a radio out in Montreal. I think that would be um, amazing. Like we see that with, with satellite radio. And I don't know if that, you know, there's a way for terrestrial radio to, um, you know, expand to that sort of uh, listenership or bandwidth. I'm not sure. But I mean, if, te- if technology is there, for um, the dial to expand per se, and for you know somebody to be able to turn on the radio and hear me in Montreal, I think that would be super beneficial to not only me but to um, Toronto and Montreal yeah, as a yeah. whole. Like if we can go back and forth and tap into what's going on in Montreal, I think that's a plus for both cities. Mm-hmm. So made know, in Toronto t- being syndicated in Montreal would be dope, right? So I, yeah. whether it be syndication, um, I, I don't think we're there yet. Um, you know, I think that, like I said earlier, the rest of Canada is still kind of not convinced of hip hop on radio. Um, hopefully over the next few years, we can change that sentiment and, and, and things like syndication. Like, you know, we see a breakfast club being syndicated. We see Steve Harvey being syndicated. We see Big mm-hmm. Tigger being syndicated. We see uh, Big Boy's Neighborhood being syndicated. It would be nice for within Canada for what we're doing for hip hop to be to have that same sort of opportunity. So whether it be syndication, whether it be the technology that comes along with radio, I just think um, more listeners would definitely benefit everybody involved. Yeah, I, w- I would love to see that happen in other Canadian cities. It might it might happen in like L.A. first, the amount of ter- people from Toronto that um, live out there. I, I mean, I think they would have enough listenership just off of the Toronto people in L.A. Right. alone. Right. Um, but yeah, it'd be beautiful to see that. And, and I'm confident that that's the direction we're moving in. The, right. Another question I have for you is 
just in terms of looking at your own skills and, and the the place that you have in the music industry, the role you play, the influence you have, what do you think you could contribute to, to strengthening that relationship between the cities? Um, in a small, a small way, big way? Um, I mean, artist development, um, you know, on the A&R side of things as well, I think connecting writers and producers and, and artists together, I think, you know, that's something I could possibly do. I've, I've thought about that a lot, you know, as maybe the next step um, in my journey is to get into that. Um, right now, like I said, I'm focusing on radio, but I haven't ruled out the idea of, because um, that's what I've been doing my whole life is connecting dots. And I think, mm -hmm. I think from my perspective, I would be able to maybe, you know, bridge that gap a little bit. You know, like there's a lot of dope producers, a lot of dope writers, a lot of dope stuff happening in Montreal. And all it's going to take is for really one person to come in and really make an impact and bring the two cities together. So I think, you know, possibly if I do get into into the uh, management, A&R, artist development side of things, I think that could possibly lead to some sort of um, uh, connecting of the two cities. Yeah, I could see that. And I think that that role is so underrated and understated and i think a lot of times you know I, I go back to like thinking early videos in this city where you know someone would um you know be the one that would go pick out all the outfits and go to the mall and, and just not know that that's a career that's a mm. stylist like you know what i mean and and you're just it'd just be the friend in the crew that was good at that right um, not knowing that that's a, such a valuable role and i think that that dot connecting that you've, you've been doing over the years like it's great to hear that you're looking at that and saying let me lean into that and actually like build that out where you've done it so organically um but actually start to do that and with another level of intention i would love right. to see that right you know even without me in the equation you know where we're at now as far as the internet and everything you know like for instance zach zoya is a good um example of somebody out in Montreal who's making, uh, you know, a place for him here in Toronto. And, um, I'm not sure, like, I'm not familiar with all his work and what you know, he's been doing to get there, but on just the internet, you know, I discovered him somewhere on the net and caught a vibe and, and then realized later that he was from Montreal. So I think, you know, if artists can possibly follow, you know, what he's been doing and other artists like him, that opens the doors, man. It doesn't, sometimes it doesn't even take one individual to do something. It just takes, you know, the hustle, man, to make it happen. Mm -hmm. I agree. Absolutely. My last question for you is just about this conversation overall. You know, we've been speaking for a little bit now about the relationship between Montreal and Toronto. It's not a conversation you're having every single day. How has having this conversation, you know, shifted our perspective or just added some momentum to some things or opened up some ideas on, on this relationship? You know, it's crazy because through this whole pandemic, I've been so locked in on what's happening here in Toronto that I haven't even thought about really what's going on in the rest of the country. And it's not meant, it's not intentionally that I'm doing that. It's just that, like I said earlier, there's a lot going on here to grasp that sometimes there's just not enough space in my brain to think about what's going on elsewhere. So even just having this conversation has made me realize like, you know what, when I get off of this, let me go tap into some of the blogs that you were telling me about. And let me, you know, and I feel like I kind of know what's going on in Montreal, but maybe having this conversation made me realize that there's a lot more than I'm aware of. Um, so maybe going back, like I haven't been 
back out to Montreal for a while. It's been two years, maybe two and a half years. And that's coming from somebody that was there every Friday doing a club gig. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, just having this conversation is kind of making me want to rediscover Montreal and see where Montreal has, you know, what has it evolved to? Cause let me tell you something, bro. In the, in the late nineties, early two thousands, um, even leading up to like 2010, 2000, Montreal was popping. Like it was, you know, every summer we would just like, yo, we got to be out in Montreal for carnival, whatever it was, jazz fest and carnival kind of went down at the same time. Like, yo, it was just a place to be now. I'm not sure if that vibe is still happening with this generation, but um, it just kind of makes me want to remind people of how special a place Montreal is and how, um, you know, although it's next door, how foreign it can feel at times mm. and in a good way. You know, yeah. how different the culture is, is, is a great, because sometimes you just don't want to be consumed by the same vibe and Montreal gives you a completely different vibe, like almost like you're in a different country. Um, and I think that's really special. So having this conversation has kind of reminded me about how special Montreal actually is and kind of making me want to go down there and reconnect with all the homies out there and kind of maybe even help foster um, that relationship. Cause I never thought about like, you know, I've never thought about doing anything to connect the two cities. Um, and now having this, I was like, you know, in the back of my head, I'm like, you know, you know what, maybe there is some opportunity for collaboration. Maybe there is, some opportunity to kind of connect the dots. So yeah, having this conversation is definitely a reminder of how dope uh, a city, a music scene, a place of commerce that Montreal is. That's incredible to hear because I think that the, what you've just described is is the heart of it, right? Like it, it is an incredible city. The potential between the two cities is massive. massive. And and it's just like a, such a natural connection because there there is that proximity there's a lot that's shared but there's that contrast and i think that right. contrast is like key to collaboration it's key to innovation and it's key to like you know creating new possibilities so i love what you, you know said and, and to that. add one more thing i think you know if you ask a lot of people from toronto um they would feel that and i'm not speaking for everybody but a small population would feel that linking up with montreal is helping artists in montreal but you know, you alluded to something that Montreal is the gateway to the music scene in, in Africa, in Europe, whether it be Germany or France or wherever, um, as where Toronto is kind of the gateway to the state. So I think that benefits both sides of the story, right? Like you want, like we spoke uh, off before you started recording that um, not everybody is going to be on the billboard charts. Not everybody's going to break into the U.S. scene. There's also a route, uh, another route you know, overseas. Mm -hmm. And I think Montreal offers Toronto artists that opportunity to get into those scenes. So anybody that's listening to this thinking it's a one-way um, situation, I don't think that's the case at all. I think both cities have a lot to offer each other. Yeah. If there's one thing, um, an idea to dispel through these conversations, it's that. It's just because there's more infrastructure in Canada's music industry concentrated in Toronto does not mean it's a one-way thing at all. And I think that when you start to go deeper and you look at the festival scene, as you're talking about digital radio venues, the, the fashion brands, the, um, the even in terms of uh, Quebec's music industry infrastructure is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. You know, there there's a huge focus on Quebecois culture. Of course. But the infrastructure is phenomenal. And of you look at the, the way that people can have such a thriving career, 
in their own province um, right. because of that infrastructure. So there's it, there's tons that uh, Toronto needs to learn, and I think that that's a big point you said. And and if if anyone is is you know has that like that definitely needs to be dispelled because that's that's not the case at all. It's not. Yeah, one way. and a perfect example is the amount of festivals that happen. Mm -hmm. The amount of culture that happens in Montreal, like the amount of events, whether it be Jazz Fest, whether it be Oshega, just the amount of festivals alone far outreaches what we're doing here in Toronto. Mm -hmm. you know, it's a place for, you know, Montreal is very much a place for the art. It and is. I think that's been the case for a long time, going back to the jazz scene, you know what I mean, with Oscar Robertson, or Peterson, sorry. Um, you see that, right? And how much legends came out of Montreal. So I think people tend to forget that sometimes. Yeah, it's, it's good to have these conversations, though. I really appreciate you taking the time. I appreciate what having me, you man. had to share here. This is a really valuable piece of the conversation. So thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me, Broski. Thank you for listening to this conversation and connecting with what we do through Convene. Gratitude to the team behind this series on the music ecosystem between Montreal and Toronto, Nabil Shash, Alicia Roberts, Martine Anon, and Sebastian Miller. For more resources on this conversation, go to watervision.com, watrvision.com. This project is funded by Factor, the Government of Canada, and Canada's private radio broadcasters.